The following podcast may contain explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to The Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack. I'm going to open this uh, with a quote. The thing is, tragedy afflicts only some. But mystery, which is ancient and messy, which only knows too much about us and is entirely uninterested in forgiveness, mystery affects us all. When the world ends, will it be a tragedy or a mystery? The answer to that question will determine what we do in the meantime. Um, I just wanted to read that because uh, that's a particular passage from uh, one of the plays by my guest today, Stan Richardson. you know, there, there's a lot of times when I'm watching, when I'm there watching his plays, uh, often in apartments, and I'm wondering where, where did this come from? What, what's the mystery behind this thing? And it's, uh, and it's something that I'm, I'm very excited to talk about today. So, um, Stan is a playwright, a director, an actor. Um, maybe he does other things. I'm excited to nope. learn even more about that. Maybe nope. that's just it. No, that is just so, it. So, uh, welcome, Stan. Thank you for coming and being my guest today. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, I guess the a first question, or just something to kick this off. Uh, um, how, when it comes to writing a play, what what do you start with? Do you start with like just general characters? Do you start with uh, some kind of idea? Is it anything that is really even conscious? Uh, usually I start with limitations. Well, in what I, way? I, I start with um, how do I get a play produced and when. Mm. Uh, oh, so you start with almost like how if, I, if I'm a filmmaker, when I'm, when I'm doing a project, when I'm writing, I often have to think about what I have available. Yes, yes. So ideally, I know, you know, which actors will be available to do it, mm-hmm. and what's what uh, what space we'll be doing it in. Um, and yeah, because because you know, I like the the origin of these apartment plays. I mean, are they're um, they're both uh, a means to an end and an end in and of themselves. So mm-hmm. there there's um, they're a so, so you you put them on in a way that they're you you already know going in what especially if you if you've already contacted a person and you know that they're good to let you use their place you then have some things in mind that you can now okay now maybe what if I try this or this well yes so the example that I use often is that uh, you know if, if um, a doll's house were staged mm-hmm. in an apartment. It would be a lot less effective. Uh, the play would be a lot less effective mm. if you could not see the front door when Nora yeah. walks out and ex- exits. You know, or uh, I actually had that happen um, for an earlier uh, one of our apartment, one of my apartment plays, where um, a character had to like walk out, slamming the door. Mm. But the uh, person whose apartment it was, their front door had like one of those kind of silencers, silent door close closing <laughs> things. So it, it, I had to sort of to rewrite that moment because it uh. was not uh, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, in in execution, but the but this is uh, the apartment plays are, are a laboratory for plays that you know are are intended to be produced in many places. Mm. 
Um, okay. I just happen to uh, really enjoy presenting them in apartments first, or or in in non traditional spaces. Yeah. Uh, so now you've had them in. You've ha I've seen the plays. Uh, you know, I've seen it in a loft. That's when you did Bazarov, and uh, mm -hmm. and then um, you know this upcoming play, Veritas, uh, as well as uh, I want to make sure I get right, uh, of Orient R, I believe. Or yes. They mm -hmm. were both in the church. In like this, like basement, basically. Yes, in in uh, in St. George's Church, uh, in an area called the the cave, which <laughs> that I I just love that. Like you could tell people, all right, come down to the cave. We're gonna do our little rap or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It does seem like there are bodies buried in the walls, and I actually have to <laughs> ask them if there are because I, I think there I think there might be. It seemed like when I went there uh, to record uh, with you guys. Uh, you know, for the first part of this podcast that, uh, like, it seemed like there were just a couple of people hanging around there who I guess were just part of the church. Like there was like some woman watching TV, like in a wheelchair. And I thought like, okay, so oh, yes, there, there's a lot. Yeah. There's lots of different like, uh, programs you know, yeah. Programs and groups that, that use that area. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an exciting uh, community to be a part of because they, it is a, it's an enormously diverse community. Mm. Um, right next to us is, uh, St. Anne's, uh, like a, a community, St. Anne's, mm. uh, which, which, which is a, um, uh, a, a deaf, uh, church group. Oh, okay. And part of, uh, what, what, one of the, the found Gallaudet, the Gallaudet brothers, um, one of whom founded, uh, was a co-founder of St. George's mm -hmm. and the other one founded Gallaudet University in, in Washington, DC, uh, which is the, uh, the sort of like, I believe the first and most well-known um, university devoted to to deaf ah. uh, students. So, um, so at this church, have they has anybody that works there that or in charge there? Have they seen the plays? Do they have like any thoughts? Like, ooh, did that's that's interesting that you did that, or what kind of play is this that you're doing? <laughs> Well, we've uh, we've kept in close contact with I've, uh, the Dusty, who is um, part of the Olmsted Salon, which is our co-presenter of this. The Olmsted Salon is like the the sort of the arts division of St. George, mm. and um, they've produced they their first uh, their Maverick project um, was of Orient R, which you saw. And since then, they've done a couple of other theater pieces. And now we're coming back a year later. Uh, to work with them, but Dust, Dusty's been seeing um, the representatives' productions for the past couple of years, and uh, so we've we've worked very closely with Dusty and the Olmsted Salon to to shape to 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 allow their community, mm -hmm. um, our hosts, you yeah. know, to shape this production. Mm -hmm. Okay, right, that that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. If, and if they're if they're hosting you, then. You know, especially that that opportunity is open. Um, and well, now, we we enjoy we enjoy by being affected by uh, by circumstance. I mean, I think like <laughs> um, I I so I'd studied I way a number of years ago. I I'd studied playwriting. Um, okay. I studied it with with um, Edward Albee. and oh, like the, he was, the Edward Albee. Yes, yes. <laughs> we we and, should make that clear. The uh, for those of you wondering, yes, the author of Who's a Brave Virginia Wolf. 
so and that's, I, that, that's not at all uh, intimidating, is it? <laughs> oh, he he or he, like, he how, is how intimidating. You know, was, oh, I'd I'd met I'd met him um, while I was while I was studying acting. I'd I'd uh, my sophomore year at at NYU, I I skipped class to go to a a day. City University was honoring. Edward uh, and um, many, like many other playwrights, were speaking there, and and many of the actors that he he you know wrote parts for uh, were there. It was a day long event night, and I uh, was washing hands next to him like three minutes before the program was about to start. And I looked at him, and I said, "You're Edward Albee," and he said, "Yes, who are you?" <laughs> and uh, I introduced myself, and I was shocked he didn't know me. I was like, I was a nineteen-year-old playwright. I was, of course, you should know me. No, uh, no, but but I, he, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I, V. Stan Richardson. I did so. tell him. I did, you know, take the opportunity to be like, look, I'm going to study with you. How do I do that? And he rattled off his address oh. to me, and so, I, uh, for me to memorize, and and I memorized it. And I, he said, send me your best play. And I sent it to him, and he got in contact with me about. Six months later, he took that, a sweet, sweet old time. That's that's amazing. How did uh, so you just you just took it upon yourself to say that I'm going to study with you, or did you know that he studied that he mentored other people? Um, I I found out later that he taught at the University of Houston, okay. but at that at that time I was just like, well, I'm just going to study with you no matter what <laughs> because I had been reading that's, that's his plays. Ballsy. He was one of my that's favorite cool. playwrights. Yes, yes. I, m- most of this stuff I I do is. is <laughs> Is with it, the idea yeah. in mind that, like, you know, I, I'm very likely going to be, like, crushed by a boulder uh, in five minutes, so might as well <laughs> go ahead and do this. But I, I, I didn't say that to, to name drop. I actually said that because studying with him was an awesome experience, an intimidating experience, and he's of a different a different time. Sure. You know, his many of his plays pr- uh, premiered on Broadway, mm-hmm. and I... You know, I'm obviously we're we're not in that in that theater golden age anymore, but like the way that he would approach plays um, is that that I I think he you know he wanted them very much to they they come from him in his mind, Mm. and I I, I'm sure he would argue with me if if he if he were listening to this or or here of course, but I think that he you know would would prefer to have less influence Mm. by by people and and I think like I am a I, I tried that approach for for a while like how do I make these plays tom timeless eternal untouched by human hands mm. and I I wrote some plays that I think were were good for that but but it, it they just weren't exciting to me as exciting to me to write and it, I put a lot of pressure on myself and they were plays that I would um, write and revise over like over years. Oh. And I would uh, take a lot of uh, – give way too much thought to like how do I how do I get them out there into the world and you getting them to all the right theaters and all that. And like very little happened as a result of that. Mm. So the apartment plays were this experiment initially in, in writing yeah. very fast. Yeah. I mean it, it, it was really born out of like uh, – Matt Steiner and I, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to wanting to work together, I wanted to write parts for him, and we both wanted to present my plays as quickly as I could write them. Yeah. Uh, but there, you know, the the intention was never that I, I would be writing things that you know, like sketches that would be like, oh, just yeah, we throw this up and then like forget about it. I mean, I, I you know, writing these plays, uh, which are which I intend for the plays to move forward and have a life in in the traditional theater. So, so but since wrote- I don't have theaters you know, 
chasing mm. me down at, mm. uh, yet, or certainly didn't then, um, this apartments was where we could perform them. So, so the approach, in a way, it's very much. It sounds like similar to how, uh, again, not to come back to me, but like when I'm when I'm writing a script. You know, I'll often think about, okay, I, I got to think about what I can do myself if I'm going to produce this myself as a filmmaker, what resources I have, what I could do. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I always think, well, wouldn't it be nice if I could sell this to a producer and maybe make it for like a million bucks or something like that? So in other words, so the idea is not to just make it about, all right, let's just go here and have a little bit of fun. You want these plays to last for a long time. Yes, to, yeah, to, to have a long life outside of here. So if you, if you read the if you read the plays, you know, there's not reference to the specifics of the apartment. Mm. Uh, it's it, they were just shaped by it. Similarly, there's not you know reference to the specific things that the act that the actors that I wrote the parts for. There's not a reference to what they did, mm. but in that I was writing the part for them, and I would I would sort of. Um, Revise it in a way so that that it it uh, made them shine and made the the role shine and yeah. all of that. You know, I would uh, they they did greatly influence mm-hmm. the the plays themselves. Cool. Um, let's. Well, I'll come back to some of the specific plays, but um, so I was overhearing just uh, when you were talking to your friend that uh, so you grew up in the Midwest. Yes. Okay. So, like, where was it about? Like St. Louis, I think. Yes. Just that? yeah, just outside of St. Louis. Okay. So, did you live there like for your whole childhood? Was that where your parents raised you? Yes, it was. I <laughs> you know, mostly in mostly in the same house in um in St. Charles, uh, Missouri. Charles, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You say, do you say that because do you? You know no, Saint Charles, Missouri. No, no, no. Oh, I didn't okay. know oh. anything about your accent. I was actually. Oh no, no, surprised. no. Meaning like you, you said Saint Charles, Missouri, and I thought you, had, I thought you were going to follow that up with like home of the boom, and I was going to say home <laughs> of the what because I don't. I, unfortunately, I, don't I haven't know. done that much research. I don't know anything about Saint Charles. <laughs> I, I, I don't know as much either. But you know, it, 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 it <laughs> even was, though you're from there, you don't know as much. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like, say, growing up. I feel, I feel like, I feel lucky that I didn't, that I wasn't born in, you know, Manhattan or like San Francisco or Austin mm. or places that I think, you know, are are in a way destinations. Places that I would like. Oh, I would, I could totally see myself, mm. you know, living there. I mean, uh, so you know, St. Charles is is not a place that that I I would be tempted to move back to, mm. but. As a place to be raised, it, it was it was quite nice, you know. I wasn't overstimulated. It was kind of it was a suburban type of neighborhood, or was it yes. rural? Uh, it was it was a the area that I was in was shifting from rural to suburban. We okay. st- we started to get a, a number of, of strip malls. Okay, so it wasn't just like stretches and stretches of farm, and then oh, no. there's a store. No, although I did, we we did have a farm uh, behind my house for a okay. number a number of years growing up, and that was really nice because you know snakes. So you <laughs> snakes, yes. watch out for snakes. Um, well, so I... so you had that so you had that experience as a child. Did that did that have any kind of what kind of impact do you think that might have had? Maybe maybe you don't even know consciously, but maybe it's something that just. Well, is there something that stayed with you about that? Well, you know, the, Missouri is the the show me state. It's the it's the most show passive me. state in the union. You know, 
it just sits back and it's like uh, <laughs> I don't know. Show me. There, there, there's <laughs> when when we I, <laughs> when we talk about you know when when I when I tell people I'm from Missouri, I don't think many people have a strong idea. They don't, they don't have a strong set of assumptions. Mm. If I said I'm from Texas or if I said I'm from California mm-hmm. uh, or Minnesota or, other, or some mm-hmm. other states, people would be like, you know, they they they'd have something to work with. And I think saying that I'm I'm from Missouri. You know, unless they unless they know somebody specifically from Missouri, mm. they don't really have a frame of reference. And a lot of times, I think that that you know works in my favor. But I do think it it has had effect an effect on me in the sense that I uh, don't feel uh, obligated to either uphold or uh, wrestle with a certain kind of identity. Mm. I feel like. Coming from that area kind of the, the Midwest, you could say, yes, or so yeah, to, so to speak, yeah. But 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 I I don't I don't feel like I um I I don't know exactly what my what my cultural inheritance is. Mm. So I I do always feel a little bit, uh, you know, of, of of an outsider as a result. Mm. You know, nothing nothing to declare. Yeah. I mean, maybe if it was the early 70s, you'd be, uh, you know, Nixon's silent majority or something like that. Maybe that would be that part of the country, so to speak. Perhaps. Uh, it, that's, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, yeah, you. I think if you ask people, they'd say maybe something about St. Louis or Kansas City. I mean, I know those places have a little bit more of an identity. Right. The Arch, say, Barbecue. Yeah. But when you just right. have middle of Missouri, it's just... Okay. Yeah, I guess I know what you mean though by "show me." It's just yeah, but but I, I and I and I don't mean that to 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 denigrate Missouri at all. I just mean, I mean that in in the sense that like you know coming to New York where where you know distinguishing oneself and and you know and and using one's identity um, or losing one's identity are both very very important. I didn't come here with anything to I, I didn't come here with, with with something that I could use but I also didn't come here with something that I had to get rid of mm. so you came yeah f- you came formed in a way but it was also okay now I'm ready for the city now I'm ready to have this experience I de- yeah I definitely came came ready for this city I, I'd done my research and my parents were were really great they got me subscriptions to the New Yorker and to uh, <laughs> and to and to playbill um, from Playbill. when I was in uh, that, that, so that used to be um, that used to be actually mailed out, like the playbills from shows. Yeah, like Playbill, oh, okay. Playbill magazine, that. American I Theater. Only, I thought you can only get Playbills when you go to the. This the this theater. was That's... the this was some some decade earlier than okay. we are in right now. Hmm. So your parents though they were always were they always encouraging like when you thought yes. about like getting into the arts in that sort of way yes because i i came from a family my father is uh an, an accountant my mother is is a nurse okay um it was good, not it was not solid a solid jobs exactly it was not a doc <laughs> it was not a doctors and lawyers uh kind of background hmm. so again i was very fortunate that while you know i didn't necessarily have you know certain the certain advantages like you know having having you know a a major lawyer as a, as a father if I was interested in law or not you know but I also didn't have the uh, the pressure to enter a kind of profession hmm. I didn't even really they didn't put the pressure on me to like you know you you have to you you have to enter a lucrative. Mm. Field so uh, they were so more they were about very... find, they were more about find something that will make you happy. Yes, yes, and I which, think also which is always I, really, that's always good when you have parents who do that. Yes, yes, they 
they enrolled me in the things that I wanted. They, yeah, there's a brief stint very early on where they enrolled me in all the sports, and then they mm. quickly unenrolled me in all the sports <laughs> because I, I, I not, wasn't not a very sports guy. It was not the most interesting <laughs> thing to me. It was, yeah, you know. no, it, that 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 happened to me too. It's like there was a period where yeah, I played a little bit of little league, played a little bit of soccer, and then I'm like, I'm too tired. I'm gonna go and watch TV. Well, I was <laughs> I was just watching the crowds most hmm. of the time and like making eye contact with people. I mean, it, it was it was totally. It's not. It was not sports at all. I, I, I was I was not a very good teammate. I mean, the right. ball hit me in the head one time, and I think that was when I decided, like, oh, I'm going to stop doing this because yes, the, the soccer ball hit me in the head while oh. I was like focused oh, on the 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 crowd, huh. and it didn't actually hurt. It just shocked the hell out of me. So I instantly fell over, and then pretended to lose my memory. <laughs> I'm sorry, because it got me more attention, you uh, know, and then I realized that's what I want. I I don't want the attention because of sports, because I'm never going to excel in that. Mm. And I think that was that was something that that that, uh, hap- that I kind of figured out very quickly. I mm. was like, you know, I'd see these uh, these you know races that people were in, like the the rat races of like of like you know sports, the rat races of like oh, getting the best grades. And I just realized that well, I'm not able to, I wouldn't be able to get very far in those yeah. or maybe maybe i could but i'd be putting a lot of effort into an area that i don't care as much about yeah it's it's funny though that you mentioned that like i was paying more attention to the crowd it's like maybe you know without uncon maybe unconsciously knowing it, it's like I'm, I'm already paying attention to the audience <laughs> what do they think of me and it's like well if i'm looking at all these soccer moms and soccer dads they're they might be excited for their kids but you know they're not excited for for me i'm, I'm just part of I'm just one part of a group. Yeah, it's, it was interesting to to look at because I wasn't so much thinking about like you know I, w- I wasn't doing like uh, yeah it's sort not of, like uh, I'm yeah I'm not rock. trying to I'm not trying to say I'm already preparing for my theater experience. Well, right, but like yeah, that. I also wasn't like doing but. a Rockettes routine out there, just trying to like you know <laughs> I, I was I wasn't one of one of those people who was like I was the class clown or I was trying to make people mm. laugh. It's I I think I, I was that was just the more interesting thing for me to look at. I mean, not many of them were yeah. were you know looking back at me, but. So, the fo- you know. so in other words, you kind of realized the focus. You just couldn't really put it into it. Yeah, I, I just, I just realized. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not a great. I'm not doing a great service here. Somebody else mm. can, you know, use this uniform and this, mm-hmm. this position. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I got you, know. you. Yeah. So it wasn't like I'm not being anti-jock. It's just not interesting. No, no. Actually, I mean, now in life, I think I would, I would really, enjoy, if I, if I had more time, I would really enjoy being on some kind of sports team okay. because now I've, I've come to really appreciate like teamwork. The, t- the teamwork and also just the, the, um, I don't know, the f- like physical play. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so does, uh, when you're younger, like at what point does theater come into it? What, where are you checking? Are you seeing plays like locally around your town or is it just like, Something maybe you've like? Did you read plays? Well, yes. I so I, I saw you know a couple a couple of theater productions. I mean, my my parents you know always enjoyed theater, but they weren't like avid theater goers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I apparently I, I saw enough that I got a, enough of a taste for it, and I started. They um, I would go to the library and just take out like a pile of like twenty plays or however many <sighs> they would you know the Samuel French editions, like however yeah. many I would I would be allowed to. Uh, take out at a time and um, when I was like about 12 or so and it was a very exciting time because I can still remember placing the plays into piles of like 
I really liked this. I really didn't like this. I don't know how I feel about this. And mm. I didn't know who any of the writers were. Huh. So it was like I really had no preconceived notions about that. It was really just about – it was purely based on like, you know, actual pleasure. And I haven't gotten to know I, – I haven't sort of interacted with an art form in the same way. I think hmm. maybe the closest thing is is visual art because I, okay. I don't feel like I have uh, any sort of pressure or obligation to like or dislike any visual artists. So okay. I can I – can, and, I, and I totally feel like un, um, unqualified to mm. say anything about visual art except for like, oh, I like that. That inspires me <laughs> or that makes me think of, of this. But I, any kind of any kind of like theory or any kind of mm. aesthetic pronouncements, like I'm not. It's a little more instinctual. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so always, I, I can. That's always a good thing. Yeah, it's it's a pleasurable thing to go to an art museum because it's you know it's really just for me. Nobody's interested in my opinions on <laughs> on this art, and I'm really just there for like, well, what is going to be stimulating to me? Mm. And so that was something that maybe in a sense, when you're getting all those plays from the library. Maybe you're also trying to figure out what's my taste. What do I? How can I develop my taste in something? Because that's something I think is, you know, something very important when it comes to if you're becoming a writer, or getting into arts in the way that you have to, you know, a lot of things I think that end up kind of distinguishing good good plays or bad plays or good movies, bad movies. It's taste, you know. That's basically that, and I think you have to sometimes develop that in a way yes and i also didn't really understand what a playwright was or mm. did i mean i knew <laughs> that somebody wrote these so i knew sure. that they were I, I i knew that obviously there's an author there and and they you mm. know they're responsible for this play Ooh, and now this play this play you know but because i didn't know any playwrights i didn't really even know any actors mm. growing up so uh, again the pressure felt kind of off to 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 th you know as as I, as I I got excited about writing plays because that seemed like the easiest mode of communication because mm. I uh, had tried for a long time you know writing stories but I found I I just found like narrative to be frustrating mm. and stressful and like I just wanted to cut to the chase I wanted to be like okay let, let's I wanted to cut to the the verbal expression yeah because I couldn't describe trees <laughs> I couldn't describe how a night looked you know or all those um you know those those sort of that imagery that you setting work with the scene, yeah setting so the scene speak. like to be a good writer yeah you know, or your idea of it, a good writer when you're in the sixth grade it you can know be tough yeah yeah but uh so this was around was it like high school that you were kind of thinking about or trying to write plays or did actually did acting come into it at all for you i, I was acting and writing plays from about 13 okay the age of 13 on um and i and i did uh do some readings of, of a couple of my plays at um, at my high school mm. for um, for the community there as, as a kind of like you know credit instead of a instead of like writing some other paper I you know wrote a play for it um, and and so I, I had some uh, very uh, uh, sacred. <laughs> presentations of I, I presented theater in a very sacred. very serious very mm. sacred way and i was i was when i was like uh 17 or something i had this play there that was that had to like it had a a, a man who's hiv positive and mm. and you know was dealing with 
the sort of the the church and like you know two sisters and an abortion and like every possible mm. you know you know dramatic device you could so put in there so you're so throwing I in a lot this. of issues into it yes yeah i really just thought like throw it all in there and throw in the, the kitchen sink yes and and my classmates read that play and respected it and and the people there in the audience <laughs> i think were very understandably and and rightly so completely bewildered mm. by 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 what was happening so I really uh, appreciate that uh, I, I think I took myself so seriously that when I'm sure people snickered, but when they snickered, they snickered far enough away that I, I, I didn't hear. So them. so in a way that that kind of experience, so to speak, knocked you on your ass for briefly, maybe. Or did you really? Or did you I really know, internalize I that? I did not. Understand. Did you really know? Did you really understand at the time? I did not that? understand how pretentious that was. Oh. <laughs> until until much later. That, but in a way that that was that was good because I wasn't like I wasn't discouraged. And again, yeah. I like uh, mo most people uh, in in that community, just like me. Like you know, we didn't really know much about theater or what a playwright. Was I mean you know we knew about like you know a handful of dead playwrights or rather we knew about a, a handful of plays hmm. at least yeah. so I think that I, I think that for certain creative people and writers I think sometimes you need those yeah. early experiences though you need to kind of get so to speak your pretentious play out there or get some of your the for, so the the shit that's in your head kind of out onto the the yeah there. yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, clearing your throat, clearing the yeah. channel. It's a, you know, getting out. Uh, like in retrospect, I, I see. Like I think it was important, and and it's not like it ended there. I mm. was, it was a, I was, I was, I've been doing it for most of the time that I've been, mm. I've been writing. Still, it's only been in the past few years that I've been writing so fast that I haven't had the time to be so uh, sacred mm. with with what I do. Yeah. Well, I guess as you said, like if you spend years rewriting a play, exactly, you can it, the the the, the possibility of becoming precious about it is, yes. is there. Whereas if you're just quickly shoving it out there, it's like, okay, I have a little bit of time. We have some time to work on it in a group, but I can't, I'm not going to wrestle with this for years and years. Exactly. So, so it's, it's just enough time to make sure that, you know, it's high, it's high mm -hmm. quality, but not enough time to sort of, you know, canonize myself as I'm writing it. Yeah, I guess it's also the other thing too is when you're a teenager, uh, you like I found this for myself. You can take yourself a little too seriously as well. Oh, yeah. You go through yeah. a period where it's like everything is deathly important. This is the most important thing that will happen, and then you graduate and you go on, on your life. Yes, but but but, <laughs> but, but, but that part. Uh, for me, at least, that 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 person doesn't go away. Oh it's, no! I, I just course. you know, it's oh, just no, realizing it's how there. to have that person Absolutely. interact with the world. But I, yeah. I I don't you know I don't uh, laugh at I don't laugh at who I was. I just have a sense of humor about who mm. I was. You know, like I, I'm I I am so thankful that I was able to do that, and I'm also so grateful to people for like you know not falling asleep or walking out that, that people actually they gave paid you your, attention they gave you time yeah I, I really appreciate that people took me seriously even when i took myself way too seriously <laughs> so uh, you mentioned earlier so you decide you went to nyu yes i went to uh, nyu for acting and i was going to do a double major in in acting and and uh playwriting but i it just seemed a little bit too uh it, it seemed like too much of a, a split in focus and and at that time the the students the writing the uh, 
dramatic writing program for undergraduates at, at NYU and the acting program. The, the acting program was just, I think, you know, understandably uh, a lot more active. Well, it could be a very competitive, I'd imagine. Uh, well, yes, and I think, again, like, acting was an area where I, I, like, it really excites me and interests me, but I also don't have, in a way, I don't have skin in the game. I'm like, because I, because playwriting, I think, even before I admitted it to myself, playwriting was, was always the, the yeah. important thing to me. So I like most of my friends and collaborators are actors and I and I have and you know I, I co-founded this company um with an actor who's like one of my very favorite actors I've I've yeah. ever seen or worked with. And so I have an enormous respect for what actors do and and because of that, you know, I I I, I will call myself an actor because I do act, but like yeah. it's it's not it, it's not on that it's not know, at it's the on that top level. of your priorities because i've noticed that you, you know with all the apartment plays i've seen that maybe you've acted in like two of them maybe i could yes. be wrong about that yes. like you know and two, you kind three, of yeah. in a way it seemed like when you did uh, uh cut the shit you kind of almost came out as yourself like as if uh supposed to be almost like a woody allen thing where it's like yeah. okay so you know and you were like reading from i think the play was that the opening it, it was yeah i, I was a the, the beginning of cut the shit was a sort of exciting device i mean it it was this uh playwright who you know you start to realize he thinks as he's just as he's telling the audience about what they will see in this yeah. play he thinks this is the most important thing that's ever been written mm. and so it was a kind of uh a kind of you know nod to uh who I genuinely was growing up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah that well, that person... seems well. That seems like a, a device you've done a couple of times that I've mm -hmm. uh, that I find really fun and exciting. You know, because you also did it in uh, Dead Black Temp, which is the thing of because uh, Matt came out at the start of that play, and at, you know when that you know both you and Matt when you both did that in the separate plays, it's like I didn't know the play had started. I was just like you just kind you of know, were. Yes. And then all of a sudden there's that one – there's there will be that one little moment where it's like, oh, okay, we're in it. We're in the play right now. Or that that was sort of my impression of it. I don't know if that was something that you were going for. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean we're, it's it's much more interesting to us to see like, you know, okay, what, what, is, the, what is the setting? What is the environment? Mm -hmm. what, what, what is the nature of, of this gathering in this yeah. room? What does it feel like? And so how can we uh, embrace that rather than deny that? How can mm. we work with that? And, and, and you know, so the, the in Dead Black Temp, when yeah. uh, Matt came out and, and started to make a speech, mm -hmm. um, that, was this, that was this blip because it was already a party. It was at Bob and Ashton's, yeah. Bob and Ashton's huge, beautiful apartment in Williamsburg. Yeah, I've been to a number of amazing parties that they have amazing mm -hmm. dance parties there. And... It was a. Uh, it, it's kind of like the path of least resistance. It's 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 like what <laughs> instead of like instead of telling people, everybody settle down, sit down. Okay, we're gonna turn off the lights now. Why don't we just begin the play with everybody where they are? Everybody's like standing up and having you know having wine and like chatting and enjoying themselves. And so let's just begin the play. Let 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 the let the play come from that environment. Mm. To art. Huh? Yeah, to art! To creating it, sharing it, improving it, marketing it, to making the fucked up system work for you. Because you know, we, we all complain about arts funding, but sometimes it's good for artists to, to hustle, huh? Yeah, not to suffer, but simply be at the, the top of their A game or whatever, because the cream does eventually rise to the top, and that cream is entertaining, edgy, and I'm sorry, 
but it's sometimes even wildly popular. And that's okay. It's okay to be popular, god darn it. And to be understood, it's okay to be intelligible. Okay, and having money is not necessarily hurting other people. Sometimes a win for one is a win for all, okay? I work with artists. Okay, sorry, let's, let's drink a toast to whatever I just blathered. <laughs> Yeah, and I should mention to uh, the listeners that uh, I'll I'll put a on our, on the Facebook page for the Wages of Cinema. You act, there's actually a video on Vimeo uh, which shows a little bit of that uh, production. Uh, mm. I should mention so so you have a little bit of context. We'll include that. And actually, as a side note, in in the video, I think they were recording the night I was there. So if you hear my laughter huh. in the background, <laughs> uh, so that's a side thing. Um, so you're at NYU. You're doing acting and you're doing playwriting. How um, is this around when you when you met Albie? Uh yes, yeah, my my okay. sophomore my sophomore year. So how so how long did that go for? What was that What was that experience? Well, when I, uh, it was my senior year, the, the the last semester of my senior year that I went to Houston uh, okay. to study with him, and I I was kind of ill-prepared for that just from a practical perspective I'd been living in New York uh, uh. for almost four years at that point and I didn't realize that that I would need a car oh. <laughs> in Houston because I just assumed that you know I, I'd heard of Houston if I've heard of it they've got to have a great public transit system I don't know what I was thinking but <laughs> they, they I didn't. so so and I also forgot to, you know Edward had um, accepted me you know we, we I, I had you know been just been seeing like uh, like kind of meeting with him you know one-on-one -on -one and you know just various events so i it hadn't occurred to me that oh i actually have to apply to this school mm. um i actually have to get accepted into university of houston so it was it was just a lot oh. of things that i i, I okay. didn't a lot of practical considerations that didn't occur mm. to me and i think edward just thought like oh i i would i would know to do those things but mm. nonetheless i did yes i did get there and i was the only person from uh not from houston mm. in fact who i was the only person who was not a student at University of University of Houston there, mm. so they did a, a production of one of my plays, mm. and um, I was also in like a larger uh, playwriting class, and I lived in a building called uh, Houston House in downtown Houston, where um, uh, Edward would stay there six months out of the year when he was teaching there. Oh, okay. So, uh, so you were there. How long were you at the? So you were also studying playwriting at that university too. Or was yeah. it just? Or is it just? It was. Kind ju of like it was a just with him. So to speak, yes. like a postgraduate type of experience, so to speak. I, I I had thought it was going to be essentially grad just school. Him. Well, no, I, I thought like, oh, people from all around the world are going to come here to study with Edward Albee okay. here in Houston, hmm. and so I thought I'd be one of many, you know, people visiting from out of town for yeah. six months to to do this. And uh, as it turns out, that that was that was not the case. Hmm. So yeah, so I was I was I was the uh, I was the New Yorker amidst these native. Uh, okay, so so it was it was kind of like it was more like a class environment. I guess at first I pictured like you were like uh, like he was the 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 Jedi Master or something. You're like his pupil or something. I well, yes, leading <laughs> leading up to yes in the, in, in, in a the rough two, manner of speaking. Of well, yes. Yeah, so in the in the two years leading up to that here in New York, I was I was. You know, meet, he would come to see my plays when we did them at NYU, okay. and we would meet, you know, one on one. 
but going to Houston, so I, that was like my formal studying with him. Mm-hmm. And so um, there, there was like five of us that that had our plays uh, produced at uh, stages um, in Houston, which is like at the Alley is like the big their biggest uh, nonprofit theater, and stages is just after that. So they mm-hmm. staged a large weird play of mine. Okay. Now, um, so at that time, uh, I mean, with a lot of the plays that you do with the representatives, uh, you know, uh, again, and I'm not going to go into the whole, like, thing of where do you get your ideas from? Because that's always a question that artists will sometimes kind of, like, back into a corner and be like, I don't know where I get my ideas. But but I noticed that, but I just wanted to sort of comment in a way that a lot of times when I'm seeing your plays, you're often confronting political issues of the mm-hmm. day, you know, some, sometimes, you know, and you'll come back to certain things I've noticed and, uh, you know, things involving family, you know, sometimes relationships that things can break down very easily. Is, are those things that, again, that you're consciously thinking about when you're writing these plays or plays from back then? Well, I mean, I think the, the, you know, the current political situation, I, I am, I'm always interested in that, um, but a lot of times, it, you know, in the moment, like I'm, I'm not. I, I, I need to get better with tweeting. I need to tweet <laughs> more. I, I don't. I don't really do that Twitter? very often. I, I am. I am. Okay. You know, but, but I, but I don't really do that very often. Like mm. I, 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 I have more and more lately. I've posted things politically on on Facebook, mm. but a lot of times, I, I, I don't always feel like I'm able to condense what I want to say or what, what perhaps, what perhaps I can say that isn't already being said. I don't feel like I can condense that to, So uh, you notice things and in a way maybe you need a little bit of time to internalize it, to bring it into this other medium. I, I, ne- I need to metabolize it. And I also, I also want to bring it, bring it into this medium in, in a way that, you know, in a way that I, I think people might care about it in a way that I think people might not have, you know, uh, uh, tuned out. Okay. So I, I want to, you know, I, I'm not, it's not like a, it's not a Trojan horse situation where Mm. I'm, you know, trying to sneak in these, these political things, but it is, it is that like, I, I know for my, myself, um, I, I, you know, I consider myself to be like, politically active but i uh, you know i always feel like i could be doing more mm. and i am often just mentally exhausted so i <laughs> i i really am like you know i i i uh i'm very i'm very concerned about say like you know oh somebody's about to be executed you know mm. uh that that where it, we think it's a wrongful conviction all of that you know and and i wish that i had more energy to like be you know making mm. phone calls the night before yeah. and all that but unfortunately you know i i given you know just the nature of my data everything that i'm doing it's yeah. like i can't always reach that level mm. and so i i in a way i'm writing for people you know like me who are being asked to care about so many things and who want to care about so many things, but, uh, but who, who fail at, uh, yeah. uh, attending to all the things mm-hmm. in the world that I, I wish I could attend mm-hmm. to. So, uh, yeah. Cause I guess part of it too is the, I mean, the first play that I saw with you guys was, uh, uh, the rake's introduction. 
Yes. And of course, yeah. that play is about uh, sort of the aftermath of uh, uh, Virgi- the Virginia, the bleh, sorry, the Virginia Tech shooting yes. in uh, 2007. Because it's because uh, Matt Steiner's character in that he you know, he was a guy who kind of saves you know he got shot protecting this girl and then he was a visiting they, lecturer at yeah. virginia tech on that day yes. yeah a vis- oh visiting lecturer that's right I'd, I'd forgotten about that and um and then they have a relationship and it's kind of built upon this sort of uh this whole thing of oh well i saved you at the shooting but what else is there for us and yes. i found that to be just a really compelling thing is that you you have this issue but you're trying to look just squarely at these people and trying to find out what this family is like, the rakes, right? Yes. And also because um, a lot of the people, a lot of, a lot of my present audience, the, mm. a lot of the people who, who are, are coming to see their, their reps productions, if, if I were stating something, you know, politically like, you know, the, uh, the shooting in the Aurora uh, movie cinema, yeah. which is which was the impetus for this, but I I didn't want to write about Aurora because that I, right. I I I in a way I felt so intensely about it that I needed to step back just a little bit. I mean I, st- I feel very intensely about the Virginia Tech shootings as well, but sure. there was a still a bit you know there was a bit more distance about five five years of distance at that point, so I felt like I could write about that a bit more manageably. Yeah. But and, and uh, the sad irony, by the way, when I remember when that performance happened Newtown had just happened either it just happened yes, or that, about to yes so it's like you almost you can't escape from this shit I know I know <laughs> it, it was it was a very uh it was a very strange upsetting and also it was to to be performing uh the rakes and introduction which is about Virginia Tech on the night of the of the Newtown massacre was a uh was a was a very strange experience and ultimately you know I'm really really happy that that happened the time it rather fuck i'm not happy that the new time no, yeah. happened. i'm 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 very happy <laughs> we'll make that, that if i were if i were anywhere that night i was very glad to be there amongst uh people that people you cared, I cared about, about doing this yes trying to make things people yeah people in the audience and and people in 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 the company yeah uh but you know, for me to simply say these shootings are, are wrong, unfortunately, you know, uh, there's a lot more to it than that. Well, there, well, there is a lot more. There's a lot more to it than that. But I, but I think that most people, you know, in here in the sort of like New York City bubble, would absolutely agree with mm-hmm. me, and 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 they would feel like, okay, great, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no need for me to take action. I've, I've, I have, I have. I agree politically with this. I feel really good about myself. Mm. And we, you know, we have to do more than sure. that. We have to do, uh, like, I think theater should be asking a lot more of people than just reminding them that their values, that their liberal values that, are that, you know, It's not just about, so for you, it's not just about, like, reaffirming their values. That, you know, yeah, all right, so I, there, I know that there will probably be mostly a liberal audience coming to see me. Right. But... I want to give them more. I want to give them a personal experience. Make it personal as possible. Well, yeah, and and for us to find, for us to find the hypocrisy, and I say mm. us because it's you know me. I mean, as as well as well as everybody else. I I hope that everybody else can identify with yeah. this too. But I want to find the hypocrisy in my own, mm. you know, uh, comfort yeah. of of having you know the the right values, so to speak. Right, but yeah, and then actually, and it's funny because then you. 
you continued with these characters because then in because uh, last year in March you did the Rake's Progress, mm-hmm. and it's funny if you go to the website in the description it actually says uh, and I quoted this, it's about decaying liberal values. Uh, so did you see it as like okay now I'm going to try to explore some more things or it's just I I can't get these characters out of my head. I want to do more with them. Um, I, these are, these are all, this was a a family of of three brothers and their, and their, uh, and their, you know, wives or lovers. And, um, they, I was interested in, in seeing how, you know, these liberal, very well-intentioned, very, you know, well-to-do people, um, how they functioned after that first play, Mm. uh, sort of. I, I guess I, I guess I, I yeah I am interested in like okay if 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 the uh, if the credits didn't you know descend at that moment what would their what would their lives be like now and mm. are how how are they basically they they're not heroic they're not heroes yeah. um they're just got they're just they're, people they're, with yes, problems right, and they try yeah. to deal with it day by day yes maybe some better than others yes um yes, of course sir. that makes drama <laughs> yes. Um, so to go back a little bit, so I got, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I just, uh, so you finish with Edward Albee in Houston. Do you stick around there? Do you immediately come back to New York? Oh yeah. I came back to, to New York shortly okay. thereafter. And what, what now in terms of the time frame, was this, uh, like, was this not too soon before you met, uh, Matt or was this like, was there a little bit of time this, where you were yeah, to this figure was in, out like, uh, what you were going to do? 99, 2000. Oh, okay. So yes. this was a while ago. This was, this was okay. a little while ago. Okay. And, and then in, um, in 2006. All right. So there's when I met Matt. So during so that was, period like, six of years time... of, of just emptiness, oh. emptiness until I met Matt. <laughs> Absolutely. It's <laughs> like I, I went into a hermit stage and uh... well, I, I I did kind of go into a, her, a hermit stage in a way. Like Matt, like I did meet Matt and start working with Matt at a time when I was yeah. uh you know com- coming out of like where where my where my plays were starting to get uh produced mm-hmm. uh, like Dixon Place, the New York uh the New York Musical Theater Festival, and the Fringe and and uh. This was yeah. There was a time um, leading up to that. I, I think I was really you know I was just rewriting the same play mm. over and over again and uh, wondering when something was going to happen. Mm. And I mean you know I mean they weren't lost years. There were many other really uh, you know important great developments that were happening sure. in my life. But they just you know I, I was always writing, but I, I I didn't have the engagement with other people. Mm. Um, so you didn't really yeah. have this sort of community, so to speak, that's come now with in the past few years with the, with the representatives. Correct. Hmm. You know, and and I I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what that would be like. But I did realize I'm like, well, I don't want fans per se. I mean, like <laughs> that, that. I'm I'm not. That's not what is. Rather, you, fans you, are not going to yeah. be uh, you, you, immediately you, you, gratifying yeah. to me. Um, however, people in the community, people who keep coming to see the plays, people that I meet afterwards, who, you know, have who have seen. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. talking to to one right now who have seen a number of the plays and and have opinions mm-hmm. about it and see patterns because it, most most writers don't have that opportunity until they're dead. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... 
that, that's an interesting point. I guess I also you just saying that makes me think also about a lot of painters too. At times they they'll create a lot of art and you know Van Gogh didn't nobody bought a painting of his until after he died. So that's uh, yeah right. And 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 here you know I I, I have the. I have the opportunity. It's it's like I'm so you know working from, with a, a bunch of uh, everybody in the audience in a certain way as a theater historian specifically for my yeah. plays. And some of them go see you know a whole lot of theater. Some of them see very very little theater. Mm. And I really appreciate that mix. I, yeah. I I really like the fact that um, the play the representatives production reaches people outside of of traditional theater because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I still work in traditional theater and I, you know, and I, and obviously these plays, I, I, I want them all to have a life in yeah. the traditional theater. But since the representatives is in many ways, like the bir- the birthing place for, for these new plays, which will then go on to have a more traditional commercial life. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate having a community there uh, to, to be there for the, for the birth of it and to, to affect. Yeah. So, um, so when you met, so you meet Matt, what, uh, I mean, he told me this story that it was just kind of like, you almost kind of knew, all right, I just want to work with this person. Um, yes. It was, it was the first time that, uh, I had ever worked with a, a casting director and, mm-hmm. um, they called, yeah, Matt was one of the people that, that they called in and he, uh, came in and read for a part and it, it just happened that the way that he read Mm-hmm. the scene it sounded very much like the way that i heard it in my head different mm. better but yeah. very much in that in that uh realm and uh, from his perspective i i think it really felt he when he was reading the scene he was like oh these seem like the, this seems like the way i think and the way that i speak so mm-hmm. it, it was a uh, a natural fit and then as i as we came over the next few years to become friends, we started to bond over a lot of, you know, political things that were very important to us. And so it was a theater of, 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 rather, a mix of of theater and uh, politics Mm. that eventually led us to uh, coming together as as the representatives. Yeah, Yeah. he, he, the the thing I'll always remember from what, when I talked to him, he just said that a big impetus was just, uh, for lack of a better word, fuck it. You know, mm. we're just gonna do it, and let's not wait until we get try to get a black box theater. Let's not wait until we get thousands of dollars. Let's just do it. Yes, yes, I think fuck it is a very good way of putting it. <laughs> well, because it, it's 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 fuck it, not fuck you. You know, I'm not I'm not interested in 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 saying fuck you to anybody. I'm I'm actually just saying like, oh, okay, right, you know, right now, you know these the plays that I am writing are not immediately getting yanked out of, uh, out of the printer and, and, you know, taken Hmm. to like the West end and instantly put on stage, you know? So I, uh, I, I, so I, I need to see these plays on stage to know if they work. I can't, I can't write in theory Hmm. and, and you, and I just don't know until the words hit the air. And it's funny too, because I think, because when we last talked, you, uh, Veritas was something that actually happened before the apartment plays originally, right? Mm-hmm. Back in was it 2010? Uh, it, it was it was presented at the the Fringe in 2010. Okay. I wrote it in 2007. Okay, oh, in 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was uh, it goes back that mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was that so that was something though that even that that got produced and that felt good but it still wasn't you know it it didn't you know you still need to have that thing that the representatives gave you uh yeah yes okay. i mean for veritas specifically is what is that what you're asking um, or well, just i don't know in, i just in, uh, well, well i guess what i'm asking i guess i just thought about how so was Veritas the only play at that time that was getting produced, or were there other things going on? There, there, there were a few plays that, that were were getting produced, but Ver, Veritas is the one that that you know seemed to take off the most. Mm, okay. And um, yeah. and that, that subject matter, like I said, not to go back mm-hmm. too much, you know, because we talked about it a lot. Like I was, like mm-hmm. I was telling my mom about the play, and she said that she. Uh, like came across a book that actually really went into it as well. Well, yeah, William Wright's book. It's a it's kind of a historical fiction or a little bit. What what, it, what is that genre? Speculative fiction. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so it wasn't like a biographical thing. It was more about the what if. Maybe the, like yeah, how you were doing. Well, yeah, yes. He he incorporates a lot of uh, the 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 elements that uh, Amit Paley, uh, who was the journalist who, who broke the story in, uh, in uh, Harvard Crimson in, in uh, 2002, I believe, um, he, uh, William Wright incorporates a lot, obviously, of those factual elements, um, and he, he'd done a, a lot of his own research, but in order to make this, you know, you know very large book, you can't see my hands, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> oh. it's about this big, um, he, he put other elements in there, you know, such as uh, the you know Cyril's mother Cyril's the young man who commits suicide she's lying in bed and she's thinking about this and thinking about this and thinking about this and then she hears coughing from the other room you know there, there's oh, so there's okay. a, there's a lot of like entering into the minds of, of these people so I think sure. that was the that was the problem that was why it was not terribly useful to me because okay, I, I felt like well this seems to be a biography masquerading Rather, rather a, 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 a fiction sort of a fiction biography. masquerading as gotcha. biography, gotcha. and um, I just find okay. as a, as a creative artist, mm. I found the actual you know, just the facts. You yeah, know, going being, up to Harvard and getting yeah, yeah, that 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 was just right. um, much more uh, useful for my purposes. Gotcha. So um, the first play is in 2012, right? The Lower Lights. Yes. How? Uh, so was that? So you consciously knew I want to find a friend's apartment. And uh, put on this particular play. Yes. Well, um, yes, I'd, I'd started to write it, but I kind of knew we were going to be we we're going to do. Uh, we we we'd already done a couple of apartment plays exp- as experiments okay. uh, the years previous, but uh, this one we were like, what if we actually have a run of this for six six performances? Hmm. And you know, what if what if we give this like a three week rehearsal process? Mm-hmm. And what if what if we you know pay the actors uh, for it? And we, yeah, we were very ambitious, and we, I mean, it, it was it was very scary because we were we were like, wow, that's like that's gonna be, I don't know, two hundred people. Like, how are we gonna? How are two hundred people going to actually come and fill this mm-hmm. run? And and between us, we, you know, were able to do that and beyond. And it was it was very galvanizing. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, so it was always it was also consciously. We're gonna invite people that we know. This because it's because that was kind of how you know when I first got involved, it was because I had worked with Matt and he sent me this message saying, "Oh, hey, you should come check out this this play that I'm doing at this uh, apartment." Yes. So it was always that sort of sense to keep it a little bit more. I don't know if I want to say inclusive, but you're not right. just putting flyers out there like all over the city. 
Well, correct, because when when they're when these plays are first written and they're being performed in in apartments, you know, thankfully, you know, knock, knock on wood, like we we don't have trouble filling them because mm. we're only able to with each run, we're only able to accommodate three hundred to four hundred uh, people at the very most. Mm. So you yeah, know, where we are right be, now. Yeah, so they have to so, be very careful about when they choose to come and if they don't invite too many people. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, like it's it it. Hasn't previous to our production of our current production of Veritas, it yeah. hasn't really been advantageous to us to uh, to publicize these things, and it was also important to me too to to like you know have a have a personal connection to like personally reaching out to people, mm. and then they would personally reach out to to their friends, yeah. and and we would we've met all kinds of people as a result of that. People bring their best. That people, our best people, bring their best people mm. to these plays. So I and imagine you've made some industry contacts as well here and there. In industry contacts, but but industry, many industries. Okay. <laughs> so so it's it's yeah, it's a really cool, diverse cross section. Sweet. Um, now speaking of experimentation, so you know, again, it was one thing when I was going to, you know, I knew all right, I bring my bottle of wine, I go to this apartment, check out this play, have fun, but then. Then you had there were some experiments though that I think were just like, you know, I, I it's like at first I couldn't think like how does this work, but uh, you know it started with uh, Bazarov again. That's a, a big you had a big loft and then put on this big, like expansive Russian mm. epic. Yes. But then uh, with Tell that was almost like a multimedia thing, right? Because yes. that involved Matt. I guess was sort of like the director of those uh, yes yeah, so like scenes we, we... in the play. Yeah, so we we had filmed scenes and we had stage scenes, you yeah. know, and it was I it was it was certainly an experiment for us, not because what we were it wasn't like you know we were doing something we'd never seen before. It was it was that we were we were trying to think of well what what is the most interesting way of of telling this story and at the same time we are interested in incorporating film more. So it's a, a kind mm. of more humble approach than anything to be like okay let's let's see what this is. Let's let's see what this is like if we film half of it and we stage half of it and approach it very yeah. much like how did, do we, how do we do this you know clearly and did effectively? You, did you know that uh, was Matt the one that like how did he come to direct those uh, those scenes like in because you shot some stuff in Central Park. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, well, Matt was Matt. I, Matt was going to be directing the entire uh, play. So, so really, oh, okay. he, yeah, he, I, and in a way, I, I, when he per, he performed in a lot of the film sections too. Yeah, so I would kind right. of jump in and uh, there and do some direction there. But that was kind of the beginning of our uh, collaboration because now with Veritas we're co-directing. Yeah. And that's, so I wanted to ask you about that too. So how? Was it just an or, how organic was that process, or was it was it kind of a thing where you had a conversation like, all right, you are going to direct with me, or was it kind of like he was just so involved with it from what you were doing? Like, what was that like? Well, I think because since this since Veritas is not a play that I originally wrote for the representatives because the representatives didn't exist at that yeah. point, um, we wanted to see well what is what is what is our relationship to this play you know how do we you know how do we find the excited a way that excites us to present this play publicly so you know to still the focus is on the play and how do we do the best production of this yeah but 
I, I, I was very interested in, in that collaboration between, between Matt and me. And so mm. I, I was, I was really pushing for it because uh, I think there was a time originally where I was going to be directing it, uh, myself and I, that was just less exciting to mm. me. So we, we divided up the, the sections of the play and, and so he's kind of captain of, of one part and I'm captain huh. of captain of the parts on either end of that. But then, you know, obviously we, we go in and, and work on each other's. Interesting. So it's, uh, a, it's a little bit scenes. like, uh, it's a little bit like, uh, I don't know if you saw the movie cloud Atlas or knew about that at all. Like I, I I've, seen, uh, I've seen people reading it on the subway. <laughs> so. Well, the movie of that, they, that, that movie has multiple directors. It has, uh, the Wachowski oh. brothers did, uh, it's like six stories and it's the Wachowski brothers and this German director, Tom Tickfer, and they each kind of had their own scenes. Like mm-hmm. they sort of divided it up, but at the same time, so what you're saying though, you still have kind of like a singular vision that you're meeting at with it. Yes. That's good. Yes. And also, uh, I mean, in addition to just being very, you know, very, very good as a director, like Matt's also, um, obviously, and he's ex- acting ex- in yeah, it too. extraordinary as, as an actor. And I think it's really great to, since Matt has uh, played this role in mm. previous incarnations of Veritas, it's very exciting to have him uh, yeah. sort of be the ambassador uh, to to other actors, you know, who who are who are new to the play. Yeah. Uh, since He's... Matt stylistically has, you know, been such a huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just, I kind of just see it that the you know the trust is just so ingrained there. Yes. That, uh, and um, and by the way, the other thing too is uh, going back to experimentation. So um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Betty Tear because mm-hmm. that's one of the weirdest goddamn things I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. Is that no no? Yeah. I mean as a compliment. I, I, I take everything as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, because when I saw that, and uh, I think I talked about this with Matt a little bit, was uh, um, was there a little Twin Peaks in there? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, I guess I asked like, that because yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan. So I was oh, wondering I if, love Twin Peaks. All right, yeah, Good. yeah. We're, that's we're... one of the few shows that I that I've watched quite a bit. Mm. Yes. So did that? Were you consciously kind of thinking about that when you were writing it or kind of putting it together? Yes, I mean, I was that that you know that ethos like certainly informed what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I, I had been that Betty Tear is a murder mystery, by the way, and it's like about a serial killer and. I I'd been elements. I'd been interested in writing about this the glorification of serial killers and 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 how we um, for example Ted Bundy you know somebody that that uh, anybody in in it who has uh, an interest in true crime uh, knows about the you know strange if if he if he weren't if he if he hadn't done such like you know unconscionable you know hideous things. It would I, I we could be like right on man like <laughs> fuck yeah oh wow you escaped from prison by jumping from the second story I mean like you impersonated a cop here you know it, it's it's so much of uh, what he did was uh, satanically ingenious that it's it can be really easy and 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 I think that's what what's what I was responding to is that, that there's certainly online there's a there's a community of people who you know they're 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 like, you know, who is the who is the best serial killer? Was it John Wayne Gacy? Was it Ted Bundy? And and it's a it's a story that we can, or it's a, it's a kind of like um, a, a conversation that I think it can be easy to get into because you know there's been there's been time and d- distance yeah. from it. But I was always interested in like, well, well, 
you know we're we're uh we're celebrating these these people but you know these who've can, killed people yes, can we name any of the victims except mm. in that except in that wikipedia way of like oh yeah when he killed this person he did this when he killed this woman he did this and i you know i'm really interested in it's like well how can we you know how can that mythology yeah. Which isn't going to go away. How can the mythology of the serial yeah. killer similar to coexist? School, similar to certain school shootings too. Yes, to yes, yes. How, yeah. How do how do we because the the victims unfortunately are are you know always made a lot less interesting. Yeah. Because well they they don't they're not preparing to be murdered that day or night so they didn't uh, they didn't have mm. sort of uh, an interesting you know, an interesting day leading up to that where they bought like, you know, this gun and this mask and, uh, and, and they put the tire iron in their trunk. I mean, you know, it's, it's, so when we're recounting the, the day that, that this person had, we're, when we're recounting yeah. the day that, that these, you know, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds had, you know, at, at Newtown, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty kind of normal and boring. And, yeah. and once, once you, once you hear the first, the first couple of things, like, you know, he, he went up and he, he got up and he had, he had cereal and, you know, he went to the bathroom, yeah. you know, her dad took her to work. Um, when yeah. it, it's so easy for us to, you know, let go of the human stories of, of mm. these victims because they, they are mundane because they were people who just, you know, they didn't expect to get shot oh, of that day. Yeah, I mean, as a as an aside, if uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the book Columbine by David Cullen. Um. Oh you, yes, you yeah, I, want... I know David. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh, you know him? Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. We go to we go to the same gym. <laughs> wow, because I. <laughs> yes. No, it's just because I read that book and that was yes, that was so great because he because in that book he does he, that. Right, he wow. had like the two sections, one about the killers, but then one about the whole exactly. town and that you've got a full sense of everything with that story but yes. uh, but anyway but getting back yeah, to Bay so, Terror, how, so how do we, how do we not how do we not forget the victims and how do we humanize uh the the victims in this and particularly you know with in the case of ted bundy which this is a this is a copycat serial killer mm -hmm. in the present day um but and, and what the media has responsibility yes, for i yes. think i seen recall in betty tear there's a are, is, there's a reporter in that, right? Right. I'm trying to remember. Like there, there was some kind of element involving the media in that. Uh, well, well, I mean that that, and that's also a uh, that's the first episode of of eight episodes. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's a. So so that was like when did you decide? Like because that's I would I guess I could say it's a hybrid sort of production, yes. right? Because it was there was a theatrical staging of it, yes. but then you also had your cameraman there when the play was happening, getting the coverage. And then you also had part of it already edited when I saw right. it. So how did, how did that come about? Well, we wanted to, we wanted to collaborate with Joshua Paul Johnson, the filmmaker okay. um, who was, who, uh, you know, filmed and edited what you saw on the screen and was also uh, capturing uh, live footage. Mm. So he, he had worked with us on tell and we, we, I don't know. He, he's just tremendously talented. So we went. We, you know, we wanted to work with him again on a much more ambitious project. Mm. But uh, I was. I wanted to do something um, still theatrical. And so, mm. so this was like, well, how do we both get? How do we both get what we want? How do we get a satisfying theater experience? Because yeah. it's the, the it's the the immediacy of theater that that uh, really you know gets me writing because that that's kind of like that's kind of like the deadline. The deadline is based on people are showing up. The deadline's not based on like 
you know, money. Mm. And so often in film, deadlines are based on like, well, we we hired all of these people and all this equipment. We and have this, to get the movie out by Christmas. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. So so that that is that is the motivating factor. And in, in theater, uh, mm. I think it's it's often much more about like you know, particularly with the representatives, it's very mm. much about public reputa- reputation. And in my word, you know, like if I tell a bunch of actors. You know, I'm writing these parts for you, like these very talented actors who are working professionally, who are yeah. taking some time to develop this play with me. If I tell them, like, hey, uh, come over to, to my place in two weeks and I'll have, like, three scenes of this new play that I'm writing for you. If I don't have that for them, it, it, it would just be – it would be enormously embarrassing to me. And, mm. you know, I'm – you know, I've, I've worked with them long enough that I expect – Maybe they would forgive me because they're really kind people, but <laughs> yeah. they, you know, there would be a little bit of a, a loss of of, yeah. of of trust there. So mm. I'm I'm very conscious of like, oh, how do I make these promises that I can keep, but that are at the same time still, you know, still ambitious and still mm. challenges to me. So when you when you present, for example, so when you present act like your actors with something like Betty Tear, do they kind of go like, huh, that's interesting. How are you going to do that? Yes. Or are they all just like, all right, let's do it. Is well, maybe, both. Maybe they're next. both. <laughs> they're both because they're they're you know they're teammates and they're also at the same time artists. Yeah. So, you know, in we all have the question of like, well, how is my artistic contribution going to fit in, and how is that going to be portrayed? Mm-hmm. And so for for um the the actors in in Betty Tear for for Nicole and and Anna and Claire and and uh Steiner as well as a number of other um actors that we we like to work with the question was like well how how do i do theater acting and film acting mm. at the same time yeah that because they're very different i mean there right. are classes acting for the camera right which, you know that's again and it's to- and it is a different thing because and just in the simple sense of the cliche of I'm playing to the the the, the seats, you know, yeah. up top, you know, the, the 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 mezzanine, you know, and in film you have to be a little bit quieter. You have to sometimes modulate your voice a little bit. Yes. So I guess I imagine that was something that was that that was something you just had to kind of work on rehearsal, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a huge challenge. I mean, jo- Josh was a big help because Josh is almost entirely you know in the film world, so so he you know had guidance for the actors. Yeah. And. Uh, it's again that that was a pilot episode and like so i i didn't expect for us to solve any of these because mm. they're, they're they're just you know it's it's too again, huge an and too much of an experiment and i also wasn't interested in like you know coming to any you know conclusions but i yeah. do think we we uh learned a lot and it was yeah. very exciting of course, for us yeah and as i probably told you that the one part of the experiment that really like i wasn't sure if it was part of the the pilot itself or if it was supposed to be part of the play was when you know, Matt like kind of wakes up and he's covered in blood and he comes down these stairs from his bed and there's this big like dramatic moment and it's like you see that ten times and I'm oh, like, yes. that this is something where I have never seen this before. This is something unique. Well, so I mean, in theater, you know, if if a film or if if a scene is repeated ten times in a row, like a like a on a on a loop, yeah. Uh, in theater, then you know that's often considered to be the the director, the director like sort of taking over, and yeah. because it and and in film, whereas the director kind of is the writer. I mean, in the sense yeah. the, the director, you know, what what's what is there on film is kind of like writing. Sometimes. Yeah, not only ten, yeah ten takes, but but if if it if a scene is repeated ten times, that's, yeah, that's kind angles. of like in the uh, yeah. it's like 
almost in in the in the writing of of the film yeah. itself somehow it seems very uh of a piece with it so that's why we were, we were really excited to i mean also it just it just yeah. made sense as a film technique and a did, theater technique did the pile come out good um yes yes it looks beautiful sweet is it at, yeah. uh and is it now like the plans to as you said shop it to maybe no well it's we're we're or maybe uh, make we're more looking, episodes we're looking for uh we're we're using it to get further support because you know obviously it, it, it costs yeah. a great deal of money sure. to to do these so yeah. it's not it's not something that we're sharing pub we're not sharing this publicly um but mm. we are uh you know looking to mm. raise money so as to do to mm. do the full series with yeah. these with these actors. Mm. So, um, and like I said, so the so is the plan, I guess, for now, just to keep on doing these. There's no like, is there a kind of a game plan of okay, we're gonna stop at this point, or just all right, another few months, let's have another play, another few months, let's maybe try this. What do, do you ever think that far ahead? Yes, yes. I mean, like the the. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Like oh no, that. I, no! I'm just genuinely but, curious. No, we we have. I mean, I have a, a list, and we have a list of of what we are interested in working on. Like a, a third part to the Rakes mm, coming up. That I'm very excited about. The the other um, working on the other episodes of of Betty Tear. Um, there's another film theater hybrid that's interesting to us. You know, it, there's a so there's a handful of things, and it's largely uh, about the path of least resistance. Like, okay, well, what. What do we have the resources to do at this time? My hope is after Veritas is out there that that um, that opens up more resources for us to to do to do even more work mm. on you know on a larger scale and maintaining this relationship with our uh, with our and, community. In the meantime, just always keeping that sense of inspiration that maybe something is happening in the world or something that again you have that instinctual thing of seeing the painting in the museum. If I have that. Will that find its way into the work? If if I have that at the right moment, but if and if I have that like you know, uh, like for at, example the the like the third part of the rakes, it's like do you already have that sort of figured out, or is that just something that okay I'm sitting now ready to type, what's going to happen? Well, I don't start writing anything until I have a deadline. I don't start writing okay. anything until we've decided <laughs> when, you know, and sometimes mm. sometimes I can deal with like, okay, let's have a deadline to to just have a reading, but that's not very exciting to me. Yeah. Like really, it's about like, okay, there, here's a theater, and a the, by a theater, I mean any place that we can get a group of people to watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's a theater, here are the dates, here are the people involved, and Go. then, yeah, yeah, then i'll let the play take shape from where it is at that moment so in a way it may almost be a little bit closer to uh i think in tv there are always those kind of deadlines like people are always yes. they have to kind of shoot something that week they have to get that episode done in x amount of days yes so. yes yeah, so, so it, it actually i i don't i i i thought in you know in the in the you know now the somewhat distant past i really yeah. thought that i had to uh spend a lot of time preparing to write something and now I realize no I just have to I have to pay attention to things in the world and pay attention to the the people around me and and be present with the the people I love and the people I don't love you know and that and hmm. and the and then when it's time to write there'll be something to come out yeah <laughs> yeah they're better or they'll they'll, they'll come at you with uh, pitchforks <laughs> yes <laughs> Stan, this has been great talking to you yes, today. Yes, I've and, really uh, enjoyed it. And I'd just like to also mention one more time that Veritas 
if you're in the New York City area, uh, you can see this being performed uh, starting um, October 21st. 21st, yes, that's yes. correct. And then it's the 21st through, is it the second week of November? Uh, through Saturday, November 7th. Okay, yeah, so the 21st through the 7th, uh, where, I, I should have looked this up, I feel so stupid, where, where what's the location? It's it's St. George's Church. Oh, it's that church. Okay, yes, yes. On yes. 16th so it, Street. yes, it's on 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 East 16th Street between Second uh, and Third Avenues. Apparently, there's a, another St. George's Church that is uh, like so maybe ten blocks clear <laughs> south. Yes, it should be it should be clear there on the website. But yeah. but it, but it's it's the uh, it's the St. George's Church that's in Gramercy. Okay. Yeah. So if you uh, if you want if you go to the representatives.org, uh, you will see uh, information about. Uh, getting tickets and um, and also you can also check out all the other productions that they've done. Uh, you could see certain little quotes and videos like the one I uh, pulled up at the start of this podcast. And also on Facebook, it's at the representatives and uh, and you're on Twitter as you said, right, Stan Richardson? Yes, all yes. Right. Make Stan sure because it's all about the Twitter hashtag. You have to get. <laughs> Oh, we we have no we 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 have we have hashtags of course. Okay. Yeah, we we have we have. We'll give out the, hashtags yeah, for free. The, the, the reps NYC <laughs> is uh, okay. the reps NYC and uh, Veritas the play. Right on. Are our hashtags. All right, and uh, with that said, uh, thank you for listening to another of the local vocal series. And uh, remember, the wages of cinema 